Have you ever had days where you feel like you've been cursed? Well, maybe you have. <laughs> We're going to be talking with Uber Shaman, wonderful teacher in the world of shamanic practices, Jan Ingle Smith today, to talk about how vows and promises and spells and curses infiltrate our lives and can sometimes be taking over from many lifetimes in the past. So welcome, Jen. It's wonderful to be here, Regina. It's so good to see you again. It's wonderful seeing you too. So this is a topic that uh, the reason came about is you and I were talking about some other things a few weeks ago. And you said, yeah, it's, it's as though the level of spells that are being cast around the planet has really increased is what you've seen. So first of all, I want to ask how you perceived that to begin with this, this notion that there are more spells than ever playing out on the planet. Well, it just seems as if people are being victimized by words, and that's basically what a spell is or a curse is. It's a victimization to cause harm or misfortune to to um, have power over. And you see that in the media so much and people just in everyday life and how they're responding to each other. Mm-hmm. And all of that is a form of, if you looked at it from a shamanic view, it's all a form of cursing or casting spells on onto others. And it, the, and this level of cursing, um, Regina, is very, uh, what I would call sloppy and um, un. It's it's intentional, but it's unintended and it's not tended. It's just sloppy stuff that still has a great effect, but it's very easy to unwind and unravel. That seems kind of ubiquitous and benign in one way at the same time, even though it does have its effect. But you call these spells and curses spiritual intrusions, which is a really, that's a very direct, you choose your words carefully, and you're known for that, which is a very, uh, I think, perfect way to state it. So when we're looking at spiritual intrusions, they can be either benign, more or less, not benign, I mean, have effect, but like you say, without genuine intent, um, or they can be severe. They can be severe enough that it can rob a person of their life and their life force. So let's talk about kind of the degrees that you have seen. We've just mentioned one where kind of mass media has us all under a kind of spell. But let's kind of move through a little bit and then we'll get into some of the other kind of fuels behind it, et cetera. Sure. Um, You can have... If you're speaking of curses, let's say, which is the topic, of course, um, you can have what's called a professional intentional curse. This is something that's done by a professional, a sorcerer of some sort, and it's very intentional. Okay, it's got a it's got a reason, and they're just they're they're often being paid by somebody, <laughs> you know, and. Um, and or they have something invested for some reason, um, but it's it's got a big wallop, all right. And then we have an unintentional, which is just what we would say the sloppy words. And then you have a tended, and that's where somebody is cons- consistently fueling the curse, meaning that they're giving it a lot of energy. And one of the spiritual laws is, is that whatever you give energy to multiplies. Okay. And then you have an unintended or untended. So you could have done something to cause a wallop, but then you just, you don't tend it, you forget about it and move on. And it just um, doesn't grow in its size. So those are the four categories that I look at. And I want you to realize that a curse is, uh, again, something that's very uh, intentional to cause harm on some level. But a, a vow can also end up being a curse. Yeah, that's created what, the same way. Yeah, and <laughs> I have a little list of things. We have yeah. curses, oaths, spells, 
promises, declarations, and vows. Every one of these have has emotion and very saturated intention behind it. And so each one is going to have a lasting energetic imprint, right? Right. And, and we'll get into some of the okay. more nuanced things like uh, in medieval times, the notion of glamours, for example, to cast <laughs> a glamour over someone, uh, to cause someone to fall in love with someone they normally would not be interested in, for example. And well, that does people, happen. Yeah. And people get in trouble with that in today's world by reading spell books and wanting to cast spells for love, usually, or money. And, you know, they, they kind of get themselves into the same issues with doing that. Well, what about the, what about the notion of people simply misrepresenting themselves, which is happening now millions of times a day? So now we have social media, which is essentially an opportunity to, for everyone to put out their personal little Hollywood sizzle reel about themselves. Mm-hmm. And sizzle reels are never the real deal. They're always just the most glamorous, most fun, or whatever it is a person wants to project for attraction out there, which isn't true. So, I mean, how does misrepresentation of self, where does that fall in? Well, not so much in the in the form of a spell, except in the in the unin unintentional way that it's affecting a person mm-hmm. um, it their lies you know and again energetically and the, the thing that i want people to understand was with all of this stuff is that there's always a karmic kickback when you're intentionally hurting someone which a lot of these people are with their lies because it's a self-gaining greed motivation behind it which is a very low frequency yes very very low frequency there will always be a karmic kickback now the difference the way that i learned and and this is up for debate you know it's just my little rule of thumb is the difference between good karma and bad karma is that good karma you get the kickback right away like you do something that probably wasn't the best thing to do. And boom, you get smacked right <laughs> away. You know, like some, you get in trouble or you get caught or you, <laughs> you pay the fine, you know, you, it's, that's really good karma. Bad karma is when you think you're getting away with it. And then it haunts you or comes back and you're living it out in other lifetimes. Uh, again, <clears throat> we're looking at energetic matrices of energy. They're, they're actually constructs of energy that are created in these, in these uh, intentions that live on. Um, some metaphysical laws are similar to physical laws. And Newton's first physical law is that whatever goes into motion stays in motion until it's interrupted. And that's one of the ways that journeying or sh- shamanism can work when you're in a shamanic journey is all these things live on they're Mm -hmm. all and they're all somewhere and so a shaman can go and find when this thing came into into conception and interrupt it that's what we're doing when we're unraveling something we're interrupting the thing that's in motion and so the, there's a there's a mass and there's a density there's a volume to these things. It's an actually constructed uh, configuration of energy that you can look at, you can read the intention in it, you can see who's fueling it with life force. All of these things are possible through the journey process, mm-hmm. uh, and you you can get a good idea of when it was put into motion many times many many times things were put into motion in another lifetime oh i want to get into that now we're going to that's where we're going to head i want to just insert one thing here lest someone thinks oh well this isn't necessarily anything i need to be interested in but you say that most all of us have some kind of spell oh, some kind of curse that has been cast upon us what do you mean by that well look at your family rules or the family slogans that might have been in your in your life um mine 
<laughs> mine was, you know, you have to belong to the clean plate club. You know, you have to eat everything on your plate. You know, that's a little bit of a spell that's cast that then it has you behave in a particular way. Uh, money doesn't grow on trees is another one, or you have to work hard for your money or there's not abundance for everybody. If you have something somebody else doesn't, or it's not right to pray for this because that's against the rule. All of those are very intentional spellbinding uh, verbiages that affect your psyche. And then you're under the influence of that energy. And if you buy into them, which many of us do as children, you buy into it, you're now fueling it with your own life force and your life force is caught in this. And if the life force is caught in there, it's not available to you. <clears throat> A lot of people have had divorces and in that divorce, they, well, excuse me, in the wedding, they went through a sacred ceremony where vows were said, ceremonial things add a lot of force to things, a lot of force, uh, especially when you're working with essences of flowers and candles and all of these different things. It just adds a lot of uh, emotional fuel to this. Then they get divorced not realizing that that construct of energy still lives with all of those dreams and intentions and desires still caught in this thing. And so not that you should never get divorced, I'm not saying that, but you knew, if you knew what to do energetically, you would get your life force out of that <laughs> yeah. and unravel yeah. because now it has time, it has the resources to fuel your new love of your life if or wherever you want that to go you could it's life force you can put it anywhere you can put it in a new love relationship or you can put it in your health you can put it anywhere you want but if you keep losing life force throughout your life your essence and having it fuel all these other things you, you eventually become drained and tired fatigued wearing it's part of the aging process, actually, shamanically. It's part of the aging process that we wear out. It's because our life force is not <laughs> available to us like it used to be because it's in all of these other places. Interesting. Okay, so you brought up a few different things there. Um, one of them, let's, let's go into the area of kind of romantic relationships. Mm -hmm. And then I want to go into the area of ritualization because in ancient times they would do, they would even bring blood. Oh, absolutely. The, the blood most ceremony. powerful force into these <laughs> ceremonies and such. So let's start with uh, intimate relationships because you just kind of brought that up, getting divorced and all. What happens? So, so you come across someone, for example, who you immediately recognize this happened this has happened to many many people watching this it's like oh gosh you know i know you and then immediately you you start the process of falling in love but you have agreements from another time yeah. you may have been with this person or someone with the same energetic imprint and have these agreements lingering agreements that maybe are almost at counter purposes to what you want to do together in this time what what happens there well yeah, and the, and the name that a lot of people give this is soulmate, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I I worked with a lot of these people myself, and they're saying, but we're soulmates, and I was like, that's not always a good thing, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't necessarily know what happened in that other lifetime and the agreements that you made. And we've talked about this before, Regina, that, you know, one of your philosophies on incarnation is you travel with a with a soul family. Mm -hmm. And so there's often these agreements that have happened in these other lifetimes for whatever reason. Um, and those agreements then, again, are matrices of energy that still exist. So if you're having troubles, then that's where you definitely want to get in there or hire somebody, you know, a shaman or whatever to do this and go in and get the life force 
out of those old things. And once the life force comes out, the life force is keeping this matrix of energy alive. Once it comes out, it unravels and is gone. So That's we're, interesting. Yeah. yeah, we are interrupting again that Newton's first law of things that go into motion, stay in motion until it's interrupted. Taking the life force out of something interrupts that it crumbles, it unravels, and it ceases to exist. So might you be able to see in the patterns between you and where the dysfunction is, where that kind of agreement may have ended somewhere else, where that where the trouble started by the actual emotions or dynamics you're experiencing? Does that give you some clue? It could. It could if you're if you have that awareness of mm-hmm. you. Most people don't. don't. Yeah. Um, but yes, you can listen to how a person uses their phrases and actually know sometimes where it's coming from. That's what I do when I'm listening to people. Yeah. I'm listening to where the belief is and where it's coming from. Um, sort of the words, but there, it, it, there's a deeper part of listening there that's going on. <clears throat> so to to get that for yourself, you would be saying something is amiss here. Yeah. You know, we're for I know that this is the love of my life. I can feel it. But yet we're hitting all right. of these yeah, we're hitting all these little obstacles. Yeah. Um, where is this coming from? And then yeah. we would look into the other lives and see um, you know, what was going on there. Uh, yeah, it, it it has so many amazing variations and how many lifetimes did you live that have have it having a hiccup in it and you're still trying you're still trying you're still trying so it can be layered also and so you can have patterns lifetime after lifetime dealing with the same thing because of some kind of curse that may have been cast thousands of years ago so let's talk about what happens in extreme situations where someone is nefariously casting a spell and where someone does use some of these ancient practices, such as using blood, for example, yeah, as if to potentize the whole thing. And I, if, well, does this happen very much? Is there I, spell, that, I know yeah. certain countries it happens more than others, but is is this at all common? I have never seen a spell in cast in the United States with a contemporary person that has had that kind of impact. Okay, I've never come across it. Um, everyone that I've ever worked with, and I've done many, <laughs> there's some sort of um, training from a different country. That that's why I was wondering because when I was speaking with Jeff and Clayton and Focus Light Force Energy, the FLFE guys, uh-huh. you know, they were putting up. This their service free in a couple of these villages in the Middle East that were known for their severe spell casting. Yeah. And trying yeah. to neutralize that energy to break some of these spells. People just have them cast on each other from the local, you know, uh, witch doctor or whatnot. Well, yeah. And it, I mean, I remember one time I was working on a project for the Middle East and um, and it had to do with, you know, this continual fighting that was going on and you know 900 years of you know an issue that they're still fighting over and what i was seeing is is that it was not only spells but it was also possession like the the soul as soon as it would leave a body um in the death process it was all of a sudden repossessing the youngsters there and so then they're carrying the same thing. And pos- possession can get involved in some of this for sure. And that's a whole different topic. But it it didn't have anything to do with the current issue. <laughs> you know, and, um, and so the spirits were saying, you don't need to worry about what's going on now. What you need to do is to... Um, is to cycle pump, which is a is a term that's used transition the souls over as they're as people are dying, you need to get their souls over to the light so that they're not possessing 
like they were. And so, you know, it, it can get very, it's a whole new vocabulary for people and understanding. But I think the point being is that uh, a lot of these, a lot of the things that are happening in life, in fact, the, the spirits have said this to me, that there's very, very, very few people that are born without these karmic uh, relationship issues and if they are born that we label them an avatar you know they are they're a pure being and how many of those do you know <laughs> don't run into too many of those issues <laughs> okay so here we're looking at uh as you say you haven't seen many practitioners who were trained in the United States by contemporary people that are that effective in this skill set. Yet you see a lot of uh, books on the market on witchcraft, et cetera. And I just want to say, uh, just from the hermetic studies I did for years and years, um, there were areas talking about how this is done, breaking it down technically. And it was fascinating because if one thinks that spells aren't real, they are. <laughs> yes, they are. Explain how it's done energetically, that kind of gives you a bit of the shivers. But as you say, in a contemporary society here, not that many people are effective at casting that kind of spell. So right. let's go. Let's bump and it down. I, I, I will. I do want to say mm -hmm. something in accordance with what you just mentioned, you can get zapped with something just reading those books. Mm -hmm. So it's best not to. I mean, unless you really have an, an awareness going of uh, your allies, how to take care of yourself, all that kind of stuff, even reading them can have an adverse effect on you. Right. So you, ha you have to be careful. It's, it's, we're not. Yeah, it's nothing to be up. fooled with. Yeah, <laughs> I totally agree. So let's look at the more, let's knock it down from the really skilled ancient bloodletting ceremonies with highly skilled people to kind of the next contemporary level of casting spells, which a lot of people do. They attempt to do, whether it's for personal gain or whether it's to harm another. Is there any difference in that process, if you're using, obviously harming another, it would seem like you carry much more of a karmic burden than simply using it for your own gain. But it they depends have on how it's done. Theme. Yeah, it depends on how it's done and who's fueling it and who's being compromised in the, somebody, something or someone has got to fuel the curse. And most people don't know enough about it. So they are going to be the ones that are compromised. Personal self is going to fuel it. It's got to have a fuel. And usually it's the person. That's why a professional person get, has no involvement in it. They're getting paid. They're doing their job. They're not using any of their own life force to do mm -hmm. it. <clears throat> if, if you, if jealousy is a great form of cursing you know when you're really really jealous you're usually wanting for somebody else to be harmed in some way or lost or die or get out <laughs> get out of your pick you know get out of your um out of the picture. On, on <laughs> yeah. the picture the picture yeah you're fueling it and that per, you, you know you get sick often you get sick or you start seeing different things happening in your life that are uh, difficult. So anytime you're wishing harm, I mean, and when someone will say they're just so frustrated, they can't take it anymore. I gosh, I just wish the other person would die. That's a, that's not good to say. Yeah. <laughs> Energetically. I understand it from a human emotional component. Yeah. Energetically. You don't want to do that. And so in these times, because things have been so polarized and people have developed such strong identities and opinions about whatever it is, that means there's much more uh, judgment and resistance toward others. So in the, is this one of the means by which you're saying these kind of inadvertent curses and spells are happening all the time? Because we're casting pretty severe judgment on one another now. And judge, judgment, I always say, is a very sticky energy. It magnetizes yourself. 
And so it's like you become a magnet for dif- the, whatever it is that a judgment that you're putting out there. It, yeah. It's going to have a kickback to you. It's a very sticky energy. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's let's go to glamours. Okay, you know, the medieval glamours where you're casting a spell on someone to favor you, fall in love with you, invite you in, do something, but you're trying to use magic to make something happen where it normally there would be no resonance and it wouldn't happen. Well, usually if there's magic involved, there's some other form of of life force. Um, you have a a familiar cat, you know, or you have a uh, some sort of sacrifice of something that's going to ha- happen, and that is your your life force that is being used. However, again, when you do these kinds of things, um, it 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 is a, a karmic kickback that will eventually happen. Uh, I'm trying to think of an example here. I used to know a great story, but it's been a long time since I've talked about this, but a friend of mine did that. And um, she was, you know, knew just enough to be dangerous, as the spirits <laughs> say, you know, just enough to be dangerous. <laughs> and uh, she was trying to get this young boy to, you know, she was like 17 or something like that when she was doing this. I actually have two friends that did this and um, it kind of worked, but then she got tired of them and she couldn't get rid of them. Uh Oh yeah. And it was, it became this very, very uh, kind of fatal attraction type of ordeal of stalking and of, You know, it just backfires in your in your face, really. Better to um, let natural resonance step in, <laughs> try to push the issue. Yeah, and my other the other one had a similar thing where uh, it wasn't that he became you know like this obsessive person or not letting, but she couldn't fall in love with anybody else again. She tired of the relationship; they broke up. And she was was incapable of really opening that door back up for love for herself. And so the kickback was, you're you're never going to love anybody again. You know, you want this, you're using the words forever, my soulmate, my this, my that. Those words have impact. Forever is a long time. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So yes, very true. So let's talk about the most common kind of constituents to curses that we would all potentially participate in pretty regularly unbeknownst to ourselves. Uh-huh. The self curses. I'm stupid. I, I am too fat. I am whatever you are putting your, you're making it a, a matrix of energy. And then if you continue to believe it, you're fueling that. And it gets bigger and bigger and takes more of your life force, is more invasive on you in your thinking process. And it makes you stuck in a particular category that it's very hard to get out of without getting your life force out of there. Because it is a real thing. This Think of it as like a little mini uh, capsule or something that Mm -hmm. lives on through time and you're feeding it it's a real thing and all of your life force is caught up in there and so it it has a a huge um effect on you and and you did it to yourself you know you and as you say most of the spells cast are spells we cast on ourselves yeah and you know maybe curse is too big of a word uh Mm -hmm. but it's it, it, it is an intruding energy. It is, uh, and an intrusion is something that is affecting your well-being. Uh, according to the, you know, shamanism, <clears throat> you're born in this divine uh, f- 
form. You, you, your soul is divine. And then you have these things that intrude in on you that are a, a resonance or a, a, a frequency that's other than this divine thing. And that causes a discord. You know, you've got one thing that's vibrating here at this very high frequency. You have this intruding energy that's a low frequency. This causes a discord. The discord then affects your body. Something breaks eventually because it's out of sync. It's out of harmony. It's out of alignment. Uh, and and eventually, like think of a of a wheel on a car that's out of alignment. You know, it's boom, 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 boom. Yeah. You know, eventually something's going to break in the car because it's it's out of alignment. Well, it's kind of the same thing with the body. And so, again, we're not looking at all the personal reasons and the emotional reasons. We're just looking at energetic frequencies. And <clears throat> when those things are in discord, it will cause illness on some level. Um, Whether it's mental, emotional, or spiritual. That's uh, or physical. I hope you're enjoying this video because if you are, there are dozens more like it on my site, all supported by people like you. So if you'd like to keep this work rolling in and join our community, just click on the Patreon button at reginameredith.com. That also gives you access to insider commentary, my live book club, and other live events with special guests. So join in. Thanks. Now this gets into a tricky area. What if you are witness to someone else who's had a spell cast on them and they don't know it it's affecting their lives can you do anything to help them because this whole law of non-interference thing how does that work in my school light song that <laughs> i found it this is a topic that comes up quite a bit ethically you never fix somebody now in the in the realm of of spells <clears throat> um it's called spawning the this the spell spawns because the more people that get involved in the understanding and give verbiage to it give thought to it it makes it bigger and spawns out it's almost like little so then at what point are you actually entangled in it and part of that yourself as soon as you get involved <laughs> and so then if you're now involved can you work with the sh a shaman in breaking the originating spell because it's not just the original person but others who are now affected y yes and no there are levels of involvement that the shaman would be willing to you can do anything regina i mean you can do anything it's just that the the ethics fall into a karmic kickback mm -hmm. and you have to be careful you have to really be like who are you working for and what is the intent in that you're trying to do uh, um and if you're working with and I worked with a with a person that their wife was very very involved in a in a deep deep curse and um, and I worked with him because it was directly affecting him, but did all the work on him, but she eventually was released because we cleared it out of him. So there is this connecting energetic lines that can be very effective that in healing him she was indirectly healed enough that she she got her senses to herself of what was going on and, that's wonderful yeah. what about the notion of beneficial spells and curses where you're wishing for someone else some some wonderful outcome on something so they're not casting a glamour on someone fall in love with me but you're wishing for them sure. something good and to happen they're all the same the difference here would be in the verbiage of a curse is to cause harm mm -hmm. 
a blessing is to cause good fortune. Is there a karmic kickback on that? A good one. Yeah. If it's done in love, absolutely. Now, where it gets sticky is, uh, and I think I sent you an example of this, or we talked about it one time, where let's say that somebody's involved in a church, okay, and they have these very defined rules around who you're supposed to marry and who you're supposed to fall in love with or date or whatever, and you sway from that, okay, and you're swaying from that, and you're trying to live your life, and the church, your parents and the church, is praying for you to come back to the folds. Yeah. So they're seeing it as prayer. You're seeing it as a spell to bind you. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So it's just all this intentional stuff that, you know, it, it falls back on what is your intention? What are you trying to, are you trying to control another person? Or are you trying to help them be free? Um, and let them have their own choices, which is shamanically a good thing. It, it's it's called the allowing. You allow people to be who they are and what they believe and not try to control somebody else. And so, you know, there's so many gray areas. and it gets There really are. And there's so many people, especially parents, who watch their kid get involved in this or in that, or they're naive and someone takes advantage of them or casts spells on them. And it's just a, a horrible thing of helplessness when you see someone young or naive who's who's taken in in this way and you feel you can't do anything about it. You can do a lot through love just sending yes yeah, sending love and working on your own self in how much you've invested in uh fueling the curse getting your own life force out of it the more life force that comes out of the curse the weaker it becomes and so the parent has to say how much have i fueled this how much of me is caught in there you know, so again, you're working on yourself, which stays then in the laws of ethics or the laws of what you would want to be good karma. Um, and you're still crippling the curse by taking a lot of life force out of it. Yeah, that whatever, you, whatever you speak about, you invoke. Okay. And and that's a law of energy. It's 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 one of those things. Whatever you add energy to multiplies. Okay, which I said earlier, and so all of that is life force. You're because life force is often attached to emotion. Right. So the more emotional you get, the more life force you're losing of yourself to feel something. And so if you can stay out of it personally and just look at look at it objectively objection objectively yeah Thank you. <laughs> <That word laughs> just wasn't coming out <laughs> um, it's much easier and that that's why a practitioner is always good to get involved because they're not going to be emotionally attached and and the training at our school is we don't get involved in this either we don't do any of the unraveling the benevolent spirits do i always say do never reach into a curse yourself because as soon as you do, you're putting your own life force in there. So we stand back, let the let the allies do the work, and watch and and uh, sort of channel or give the information to the client. But we're observing; we are not doing it ourselves. And um, a lot of people get too hasty, and then they get themselves caught in something themselves that's interesting because i remember working with my own guides many years ago they said if you want something done if you want to if you want to intend something because we would do uh instant healings and healings on people which would were effective they that's, were very 
I mean, it worked really well, but they said in uh, many cases, it's better to actually turn it over to the guides because they can look at it from a very nuanced point of view. And it might be if you're projecting for this place in this body to be healed in this way, that's not exactly it. There may be something else in there you're not aware of to put the intention of the end effect out there, the wonderful end effect, but let it actually be done. Let the let the heavy lifting be done by the guides who can That's see, it. and the spirit of the person who can see the details of what's needed, right? Is that yep. about That's what you're exactly saying? Right. It's exactly right. And the, the, the spirits have said to me on numerous occasions, it's not my job to fix it. My job is to hold the frequency of energy. Yes. <laughs> you know? yes. They'll do the fixing. You just yes. sit still yes. and hold the frequency. Okay. You know, I think that's I have found really that to be very effective. Yeah. Very important to bring up because otherwise people will dive in there and get all sticky amidst all of the energy and such. So what we've learned here is most people inadvertently or intentionally have a uh, spells and curses on them, even if it's from their own language, even if it's from their family thought patterns that are yes. articulated verbally, yes. and it turns in on self, eats oneself from the inside and creates patterns. And then we have coaches, coaches and teachers and all of it, you know, all of these authority figures. I, I remember, you know, uh, somebody, a, a science teacher saying to me, and I, I ended up having a biology and chemistry degree, but it, I did he said to me, oh, you'll never know, you'll never be able to do science. It's like, and so I avoided it all through high school because I thought, well, I'm not going to do it. Then I get into college and I was like, I love this. You know, I had to, <laughs> but because of that, yeah. you know, and I, I remember a, a friend of mine um, had this horrible, she, she was this beautiful woman and she had this horrible self-image. And finally, one day, I, I said, to, I asked her, I said, where did this come from? And she had the wherewithal to say, I was in kindergarten and sitting in a circle and somebody was reading a story and they pointed and they said, the homely one over there. Oh, and she yeah. thought that they were so pointing at her and they, they weren't even pointing at her, but she took that on. Now that would be a, a curse or a spell she took that on as being holy she's gorgeous but as soon as she the conversation that we had brought her to the awareness and she was able to reclaim herself by saying it wasn't even me yeah yeah no. So we're learning that it's happening inadvertently through sloppy language, through familial patterns. We're learning also, we've learned that it's coming from other lifetimes. And this is something we're just not going to be able to have cognizant awareness of because it's so deeply buried in the subconscious for the most part, unless you know how to travel into past lives and excavate it. Still leaves us with the issue of how you break that energetic hold or pattern. And we've learned that you can't do this really on behalf of someone else. But if you're entangled in it, you can work on yourself or have yourself worked on to break that part of it. And that might dissipate the other as well, right? So far, a few things there. Okay, so finally, we want to talk about once we realize this stuff is part of us, it does drag us down, it does dissipate our energies, it even ages us prematurely. So how do we go about fixing it? <laughs> There's a lot to that answer. <laughs> um, you know, I'm always looking at things from a shamanic viewpoint. And first I'll explain that. And then we'll look at, you know, what you can do on a personal level too. But from a shamanic viewpoint, the shaman would find what we call the energy of inception, where things all came together. You can literally go to the point before and prevent it from happening. And that would be a conversation into other realities. Yes. Which I'm not going to open up that one, but that is something that I work with. Yeah. Timelines and all that. Yep. Or you can have your allies reach in to whatever it is. It's a curse, a vow, a promise 
all of these are constructed exactly the same way. Contracts, declarations, it's all the same. Reach in, pull your life force out. Now, when they pull your life force out, everything deconstructs. It falls apart because there's no life force in it that's keeping it alive. The way it falls apart will be part of what I call a healing story. There's information as it all unfolds. Another beautiful thing that I've always loved about the way that when you're working with benevolent spirits, anybody else that's caught in there and is dissipated, they immediately have that life force available to them again. I mean, it's it's a win, 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 win. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it's um, a win. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, beautiful story. Then... <clears throat> Once that life force is available to the to the client, they can then have it inserted in what I call a new version. And so usually when I'm working with somebody, I'll say, how would you rather have had this happen? What's a new version? And so what we're doing then in that conversation is we're building a new matrix. And they're beautiful usually almost always just these beautiful stories that are uh created then we put the life force in that and then that lives on for all of eternity and so once that new version is in place this physical world realigns energetically as a result of that all kinds That's beautiful. of beautiful. It is gorgeous. It's it I love it. It it's, is so it is. beautiful. I can understand why. That's very powerful and very beautiful. Yeah. And that is with the assistance of someone who is skilled and trained, and such as yourself and other practitioners. What can we do? And finally, here, what can we do for ourselves? In those cases, it's about, I think, being you know, you can you can do uh, automatic writing to get to the cause of it. Sometimes you can do it just through heartfelt prayer. Take me to the to the moment and just feeling it, and then through love, just ask for any of your allies to bring this back to you and bring it back into your heart. You know, you can do it without the. Um, the practitioner, so to speak, but always be checking your intention of why am I doing this? Yeah, that's the big one. Yeah, because you can make it make things worse by having ill intent or trying to have power over somebody else, um, which is a slippery slope. And as I said earlier, with karma, you don't always know that it's a slippery slope. You think you got away with something. <laughs> ah. but there is no getting away. You know, the spirits say you cannot trick energy. You cannot. No. You cannot trick energy. You can trick yourself. You can trick your whatever, thinking that you, but you can't trick energy. Is that intention pure? Is it really come from, coming from the highest a place of of genuine pure love with no strings attached um well that's you, pretty clear yeah that's, that's a pretty pretty clear directive and we all know the difference inside everybody knows we know the difference even if we try to trick ourselves we know the difference yeah well, Jan, this has been absolutely i think one of those essential conversations because it's going on all the time uh, it's just going on unconsciously as we're sloppy with our words, as we get angry and we say, damn it, I wish they'd just be gone, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. and so forth. We're, we're doing it all the time. Yeah. So it's really nice to have this reminder to be clear in our words, clear in our thoughts, and be very careful if we're going to actually try to have some effect in this realm of some interaction going on within ourselves. And then of course, don't try to do, don't try to do it if it's somebody else. So now you have a course on it. 
So you you have a course that teaches people how to get involved on a shamanic level and work with curses for themselves or with others even, right? Yeah, and and I will say that it's it's not a beginner course. Yeah. You know, you, it's not after they've been through some other stuff. Yeah. Yes. Okay. To, well, we'll leave it at that. So yeah. Watching this, but I can tell the when the beginner one is in January. <laughs> okay, good. January, yeah. we got a beginner yeah. one, and yeah. I know quite a few people that have watched our interviews have taken your courses. So if you're one of those people and you haven't jumped in and you find this one interesting, you can certainly continue your education into breaking and busting spells. Yeah. So, any final words, Jen, before we say goodbye? Um, I'd like to give my website if that's okay. Yeah, well, I was going to do that for you. Lightsong.net, right? Yep, lightsong.net. And that's where you would find uh, all the courses. But uh, I think my last final words, Regina, and, and we've spoken of this already, is that whatever has been done can be undone. There is no situation that you can find yourself in that uh, cannot be undone and and I and I'll just briefly say that I worked with somebody from another country that was just felt stuck even the priest turned her away by saying you can't undo this and we undid it and it was just you know it's like I just don't believe that and the spirits have reiterated that don't ever feel like you're just absolutely stuck you're not excellent yeah because energy moves what can be done can be undone and actually energy changes form through intention you know there's no energy is not created it's always on the move just changes form yeah and it's just getting that form to change where it's binding you or freeing you Absolutely. Jan, thank you so much. This is just (laughs) wonderful, practical information about uh, how we can help ourselves. And we can also seek the help of others to get that stuff, that energy to move into a different form. So thank you again. I always love chatting with you and I love your clarity. You're one who does not use sloppy language. You're very careful and you choose your words carefully and it comes out as very clean and very loving. So I want to thank you for that. Absolutely. Thank you for for saying that. I pride myself on that. (laughs) You you should. Okay, my dear, until next time. Okay. And everybody, again, uh, if you want to connect with Jan and her courses and and some uh, other practitioners that do this kind of work, you can go to lightsong.net. Until next time, thank you for joining us here on reginameredith.com.